Well, the Cary Lake decision is in. We're going to talk about it. Also, should Republicans change their stance on student loan forgiveness? I think so. Let's talk about it on the Meat and Freedom Podcast. Welcome to the Meat and Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and we are back. I will tell you all what something that I recorded an episode on Friday. It was a great episode, I think. Maybe one of my best ones ever. And then I went to play it back and the audio was all messed up. And I tried for I tried to fix it, to salvage it, and I could not. So we had every intention of doing a show on Friday. And we just didn't get the chance to do it. Here's some, so that, that's a disappointment. That was a huge disappointment for me because I put a lot of effort into that show, a lot of emotion into that show. And I don't think I'm ever going to be able to recreate that. So we're not even going to cover it. We're not even going to talk about the topics that we talked about on the show. Um, we are instead going to move forward. And it is what it is. The Friday episode will be lost into the ether forever, for eternity. So, hey, here's some exciting news I want to share before, before we get going. So the YouTube, the YouTube has been right-wing vegan consistently. We haven't really updated it. We haven't done anything on there in a while. And I've decided that I'd like to get back to that. I'd like to get back to the YouTube. So we're going to reconfigure everything. We're going to switch, switch the channel around. And then we're going to figure out a way that we can, we can sort of do a show on YouTube as well. So I don't, I don't, I think what we'll do is I don't I, I here's here's a question for the audience and let me know at vegan wing on Twitter okay should I do video for this show and post that or should I do separate content for the YouTube I'm thinking separate content I'm thinking like short videos where we talk about news stories sort of like I don't know we have to differentiate ourselves somehow but I'm thinking something like that but we'll see. I guess it could go either way. I guess it could go either way. So we'll figure that out. In the meantime, though, let's talk about the Carrie Lake decision. So in in what should be a surprise to no one? Because I think we all pretty much expected the decision would, would come down to this. The judge has ruled uh, against Carrie Lake, has dismissed the claim, basically saying that Maricopa County did not neglect to do, their, did not neglect to um, complete their duties when it comes to verifying the, the signatures and, and what they were supposed to do for the election. So that's all I really have to say about that. Look, no one's shocked by this, right? I think we all sort of expected the judge would do this. Um, but the, the, and she'll appeal and we'll see what the appeals court says. There are some people who seem to think that the appeals court will side with her there are some people who think that the appeals court are just going to move on. I tend to, to lean towards that. I tend to lean towards, look, her appeal is not going to be granted because they don't, they, they clearly don't want to deal with this. Like, and this is really what has got me losing a little bit of faith in the judicial system is the sense that like, they really don't want to deal with anything serious. Like they, they just want to, they just want to move on. So, you know, 
they're too busy. Okay. They're too busy handling all of Trump's cases. They don't have time for this serious, real stuff when there's real questions about an election and the integrity of that election and how that election was run and the incompetent people that we put in leadership positions to run these elections. They don't have time. Okay. Duh. Have you seen their docket? Do you know how much, how many cases are being filed against Trump right now? They're busy. But I think the truth is they just don't want to be the one, right? No one wants to be the one who makes the decision to circumvent the results of an election. Whether there be a good reason to do it or not, no one is bold enough to put their name on something like that. So these judges are just going to toss the baton because they don't want to be remembered for that. Do you know what the left will do to a judge that makes that decision? Do you know what they'll do? Would you? Like, it's easy for us to sit here and say, oh, well, that's the right thing to do. So, of course, I would do it. But the truth is, if your family was being threatened, if your livelihood was being threatened, if you knew that these psychopaths would come in and wreck everything, including your reputation. I mean, what would you do? What would you do? Would you really? Would you really side on would you really side with Carrie Lake, even if it was the, the right thing to do, even if you you knew that your life was going to be threatened? Because it's it's I don't think these judges have the courage to do it. I don't think most politicians would have the courage to do it. In order to be a politician, you have to somewhat just be like squishy. You really just have to go along to get along. You have to be one of these people that can play all sides, but not take a side. You get what I'm saying? That's an effective politician. It's why I can't run for office. It's why, uh, you know, if you're passionate enough to listen to this show, you you may have a hard time running for office because the truth is, if you're passionate about something, um, you're not playing the game and they're going to kill you. If they don't kill you physically, they're going to kill you metaphorically. They're going to kill you via putting out hit pieces and attacking you and even even going as far as making stuff up. So, look, we knew this was going to be the outcome of the Carrie Lake thing, or at least I did. So I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. I think Carrie's going to move on. She's going to do something. She's going to be involved somehow. She's too dynamic of a personality not to be. She is absolute. See, look, Carrie Lake's an example of what I just said, though. Somebody who really does take a stance and an opinion is not very squishy. And and they come after her really hard because they want squishy. They want people they can control, obviously, in those positions. Because if they can't control you, you are of no benefit to them. You are of detriment to them. And they they, they don't want that. So, um, you know, it, it just sort of is what it is. It's disappointing if you live in the state of Arizona, that's for sure. Maybe not so disappointing if you don't, because the truth is you may get Carrie Lake as like a VP candidate. And she's going to be a fantastic vice presidential candidate if she's on a ticket with Trump. Um, so there is that. But if you live in the state of Arizona, boy, your your new government governor really didn't even run a campaign. She really couldn't even be bothered to run an actual campaign or she knew she didn't have to. And then what's the Republican party doing about it? Which is the question that I, I often ask, what is the Republican party doing about it? Oh, the answer is nothing. Oh, nothing, nothing. Same old, same old. Let's try to out campaign them on the issues as if anybody cares. And that's sort of something I want to talk about too. And I really want to spend the bulk of today's episode talking about because it's a position that I think 
a lot of conservatives and Republicans have that I think is going to lose them elections. Um, and look, I know this is going to, this is going to be a controversial position and I understand this is going to be a controversial episode. I understand that people aren't going to agree with me on this and I think that's fine. Disagreement's great. Uh, we should disagree more. Um, but you'll know that I'm being honest because this is not a position that a standard conservative talking head would take. So you're going to know after listening to this episode at the very least that I'm willing to say what I think, even if it's controversial, even if it loses me listeners, even if it, if it gets me, um, maligned by other conservatives, I don't care. That doesn't, the labels mean nothing to me. What, what, what matters to me is being true to myself. So listen, um, student loan forgiveness. And I want to start by saying, I understand I understand the position against it. So putting my shoes in so in in putting myself in the shoes of someone who is against student loan forgiveness, um, the position that they generally take is, well, look, you agreed to pay this loan, um, so you should have to pay it. Just a very cut and black and white, cut and dry position of you agreed to pay, so you should have to pay. Um, I think it's way more nuanced than that. And I actually don't think it's as simple as that. And I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, so, so let's actually start with that argument and then we will start and then we'll go into sort of the, the debt argument, which I love the most, which is that America can't afford to do this because that argument is very easily defeated. Um, Many of, okay, but let's start with the other argument. Like, you agreed to pay for it, so you should have to pay for it. Okay, fine. Fine. If I accept that argument, then I, I, could, I could pivot and I could say, well, what about the interest? Because you, you, you don't really understand the interest when you're agreeing to pay it. And then they'll say, well, you should have done more research. Well, listen, have you ever been 18? Have you ever been 19 years old? Do you think that 19-year-old you is going to pay attention before they sign something? Let's just be realistic here, okay? What we should do and what actually happens are two different things, and they're never going to be the same. Okay, that's that's unrealistic to expect that 19-year-old kids are going to read 300-page documents before they sign them, all right? Let's just be honest. Not everybody grew up with, with smart, wealthy parents, okay? Now, I'd like to add on to this. So you have that. You have your basic 19-year-old kid is signing his life away so that he could go to university. Is a 19-year-old in a position to make that decision? I would argue no. An 18-year-old, no. A 20-year-old, no. Even a 21-year-old, I would argue no. Okay? I would also say that you are told, if your experience is like mine, now I went to a bit of an underprivileged school, okay, a public school that was not in the best area, did not have wealthy parents, let's just say that. And at that school, you were basically told that if you didn't go to college, you would become nothing in life. They, they beat this into you over and over and over again throughout your high school journey that you must go to college. You have to go to college. It doesn't matter how you get there. You just got to get there. It's the most important decision you will make in your life. This is what you are told. And contrary to what, whether you should trust your parents or your parents, of course, you, whether or not you should trust your teachers or not. You know, you do. As a 19, 18-year-old kid, these are authority figures in your life and you trust them. And so as them and your guidance counselor are beating into you that you should go to college at all costs, 
you listen. And so you do. And that cost usually is your future. It's student loans. Because not all of us, and I see a lot of these people on Twitter wagging their finger at people as if, and, and it just goes to show you why Republicans lose, because they do not understand the middle class. They do not understand you. They pretend like they do, but they don't. They don't get you. Okay? The right or the left. Neither of them actually get you. And so they'll, they'll do this. They'll wag their finger at you as if they didn't grow up with wealthy parents, as if they didn't grow up in a privileged situation. And so they wag their finger at you, but they don't understand that your mom was 16 years old when she had you, and she basically raised you by yourself until your stepdad came in, okay? They don't understand those people. But those people who are constantly told that they have to go out to college so that they can escape the class that they were born into so that there's mobility available to them, they are going to take student loans because they think it is their only choice. So they, they basically are being preyed upon by these by lenders and by, by people who are associated with those lenders and by the universities. They're preyed upon and told this is their only choice. And if you think that a 19-year-old kid is smart enough to see between the lines, I have some 19-year-old kids I'd like to introduce you to. They're not. They're not, okay? They're not. And so the reality is that a lot of people were taken advantage of by a system. Now the left, they love this stuff, right? They, they absolutely see that systems take advantage of you, that people who run the systems and the entities that benefit take advantage of you. The right's not quite there yet. I think we're getting there. I think a lot of us are getting there because we see how big pharma is screwing us. We see this whole... Uh, Ukraine, pointless Ukrainian war that we're dumping money into. Um, we see that. And so I think they're starting to get there. But this is why I support student loan forgiveness, because I do think that there are a lot of people who were preyed upon by a system who now are indebted for the rest of their life because they were taken advantage of. And I think, personally, that if the federal government is going to exist at all, these are the types of people it should help. I do. I'm sorry. I do. Now, what the right will have you believe is that, oh, well, these are the wealthiest people. You know, studies show that college graduates are the wealthiest people. But I would, I would venture to guess that a lot of you know student college graduates who work at Barnes & Noble. That a lot of you know college graduates who are not the richest people. Because again... You're not told that you have to go to college to major in math or science or computers or whatever. You're told that you can major in whatever you want, and then they give you a list of all these jobs that you can get when you graduate. So the universities, the system is telling you, enter in, please, you must. If you don't, you will perish. And not only that, but here's a promise of the jobs that, that you can get um, after you graduate. Now. You know, is that true? Not a lot of times. Not a lot of times, right? You know, the list is much shorter than what they're showing you because a lot of these jobs aren't very realistic or they're not jobs that everybody's going to get. But they know that, that they can, they can sort of, you know, they can entice you further by showing you these these jobs. And then they can say, oh, well, I know this person's, this boomer is telling you don't major in, uh, you know, um, 
African-American studies don't, don't, you know, the boomers are telling you that, but look, here's a list of jobs that you could get if you major in African-American studies. And one of the jobs on the list might be something like contributor for the history channel. And you're thinking, oh, hell yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what I've always wanted to do. And as a 19 year old, you're not able to discern the fact that that's not reality because you see all these people who, who certainly make it famous on YouTube and you think, oh, that could be me. And if I major in the, if I, if I major in this, that could be me. So you're just preyed upon and you're taken advantage of. And I think if the federal government's going to exist at all, one of the main functions of that federal government is to protect its, its people. Now, reasonably, responsibly, you know, certainly freedom over security. But at the same time, you know, what's stopping these, these, the government from saying, listen, universities, you took advantage of these people. We're seizing your endowments and we're going to pay these people's loans. Oh, and by the way, if you don't like the woke universities and, and how far they've gone, this also sort of sticks it to them there. So why don't you support that? And never mind the fact that a lot of the people who don't support this certainly support giving billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine. Never mind that. I'm just going to look, I'm saying this, the debt argument, the whole we need to control the debt argument is ridiculous because the debt is out of control and it's not because of student loan forgiveness. There are a thousand other things that we spend money on that we have no business pouring money in as a government. And that money could be used to help with student loan forgiveness, right? It could. Now you could say, well, let's just stop spending it, but that's unrealistic. That's never going to happen. We've let the Leviathan grow to a point to where that's not going to happen. So why not use this money to help some people out? Seriously. You may not sympathize with this position. This might not be your position. That's okay. You can disagree with me. Many people that I respect disagree with me on this issue. That's fine. But I'm disheartened by many conservatives who outright oppose this, but at the same time promote the Ukraine war, the proxy war, the money laundering scam, which Russia's going to win, by the way. I don't know if that's a controversial thing to say, but it's just facts. Ukraine has zero chance. Okay, wake up. Stop watching CNN. They're not going to win. Now, if America's the one really fighting this war, I suspect they are. Um, perhaps. Perhaps. But you know who loses in that instance? Everybody. You know who loses in a war? Everybody. Except for... Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, and those who invest. But everyone else loses. So anyways, that's my argument for student loan forgiveness. I think, I think, I, comment, please. Comment in the comments. Let me know on Twitter, at VeganWing, why you disagree with me, because I'm sure you do. Um, and that's, that's fine. I, I will admit that, that much of my argument here is emotional, because I know a lot of people who were taken advantage of uh, by this, by this, by the universities and the banks who were guided to do this um, when they really weren't in a position to make life decisions and to say, well, their parents should have stepped in is fine. You can hold that position. But the truth is that not all of our parents were able to do so because some of them had to work 80 hours a week just to put food on the table. Okay. Not all of us are as privileged as you, as I would say the majority of people aren't. So just think twice. Um, and it's a losing issue for Republicans, frankly, because Donald Trump could come out tomorrow and say this and win over all those college people that, that, he, that he just can't get, because listen, they can care about gender studies all they want until they're blue in the face. But if Donald Trump comes out and says, listen, I understand you were taken advantage of. I understand. 
and I'm here to help. I think a lot of them would convert over. A lot of these people just appeal, you know, they need arguments that appeal to emotion. And if Republicans would start offering some of those arguments, I'm not saying go woke, but I'm saying appeal to emotion. Talk to some of these people and learn what's really at the root of the problem here and then come up with solutions, not just wink finger wagging, but actual solutions to some of these real problems. I think you'd get some of these people on your side. It's not hard to see that we have mental health problems in this country. It's easy to point that out. What's challenging is to come up with a solution to fix it. And that's, that's where I think Republicans could really make a lot of headway. Now, I know I opened the show saying, oh, well, they don't care about issues. They don't. But you know what they do care about? Their own lives. They care about their own lives. Many of the issues that are debated in Washington don't affect Joe Cool. But what does affect Joe Cool is student loan forgiveness. What does affect Joe Cool is the fact that illegal immigration is out of control and these, these people are going to come in and take jobs that Americans could take. Now, you could argue Americans don't want those jobs. Fine. Fine. Uh, you could argue that, that Joe Cool is being taxed to death by inflation. These are real problems, man. Gas prices. Um, don't just call it the economy. Stop talking about the economy. People don't care. When you say terms like the economy, people that's like such a generic term that people don't resonate with it. Talk about people's lives. Talk about the cost of bread. Talk about the cost of, of steak. Talk about the cost of these things and how you can bring them down. And you'll win people over, I promise. You will. One thing that really we could talk about in a separate issue episode is how much headway people like Donald Trump are making in the black community and how white liberals are helping Trump gain popularity in the black community. Maybe I will. Maybe the next episode we'll talk about that. But anyways, please let me know what you think. I'm sure you disagree with me, and I think that's fine. Um, that's all we have for today, really. I wanted to touch on that. My Friday episode was a real deep dive into student loans, and I'm very disappointed that like that episode didn't stick. But whatever, that's, that's fine. Anyways, thank you all for listening. I really do appreciate it. We'll be back later this week with another episode, probably Friday. Until then, though, have a good week, folks. Stay alive. Stay involved. Stay happy, stay positive. We got this. And I will see you all next time. Peace.